You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another riveting episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I'm here with my co-host, Jeff Verhelst. Great to see you, Jeff. How are you today? Good. How are you? I see you got a new haircut, huh? I did. I actually just got it today. Thank you. Very slick. Mm-hmm. We're going on a trip, and Miranda said, I need to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so As I said, okay. Fiance should say, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, today, though, we are not going to talk about me and my haircut. <laughs> today, we are going to talk to our... Geez, what is this? Our eighth guest now? Something like that, yeah. Eighth or ninth guest. I'm losing count already. <laughs> it's so, um, many, so But today we have Brian Harlan. Welcome, Brian. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, good. Um, so before we get into your off the clock, could we please hear uh, what you're currently doing and and your your Johnsonville story? You bet. Yeah, uh, Brian Harlan. I've uh, I'm a project management coach here at Johnsonville. Uh, been with Johnsonville for about twelve years. So currently, I, as we take a look at all the new products, the great new products that Johnsonville is going to introduce, I have a team of project managers who are out introducing those things, uh, introducing those products, uh, also running projects that are helping us save uh, costs along the way, too, so we can uh, uh, deliver at a good price. And I've uh, been coaching that team for two years. I also oversee the portfolio process that says, here's all the projects we're working on, and are we working on the right things? Um, so I've been doing that for a couple of years. I've been with Johnsonville for 12. Uh, uh, 12 years ago, I started in supply chain, came in and, we, and uh, was the project manager in charge of implementing our uh, supply chain planning software system, and then spent uh, 10 years in supply chain doing master scheduling and coaching the forecasting teams and how much inventory you're going to build and when you're going to build it and where you're going to build it, and uh, did that for 10 years. Wow. 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 So I'm a, I'm a scheduler right now myself. Yes. And <laughs> what so you started 12 years ago in that time, what type of changes did Johnsonville go through or see um, in the scheduling world? Because I know for us right now, we're, we're constantly uh, I mean, we have a process in place, but yet um, I feel like we're right on the cusp to another change, you know, and another change. And obviously, we're always changing and moving. But scheduling seems like an area where it's either you're with the times or you're not with the times, you know. Was there any uh, ever a time when it was like, okay, this is – we've transitioned from a smaller company to now a bigger company? Because I feel like you've been here for that. Yeah, well, we we actually were on a, a, a well-known planning system before I came on. Okay. We were in the process of changing over to – uh, to the ERP system that we're currently on, so mm. it was it was transitioning from one well-known planning system to another one. Um, but it, I'd say, any big changes out there? We, I can't say there's necessarily any big changes. We've been, you know, Johnsonville has grown really, really well over the last twelve years. Sure. So a lot of it's yeah. just been keeping up with the growth. Mm-hmm. It's you know we put in a process uh, early on called uh, sales and operations planning or SNOP. Mm-hmm. So I oversaw the SNOP process for uh, for quite a few years. Oh wow! And that was something that as, as you're just trying to make sure your demand, your supply is all matching up, and and you're building the right stuff, and you know of the right uh, big opportunities that are coming, and everyone's prepped for it well. Um, it, it's that type of process. So um, 
very interesting. I mean, you get to know the business sure. really, really well. You get to know all your products really well, whether it's our international or food service or our retail products. Um, we've got a lot of different things that we do make, and, and the day-to-day process that, Joe, you're involved in, which is how do you make sure you're making the right stuff yeah, at the right yeah. time and get to the right customers, mm-hmm. um, that uh, there, there's some science behind that. There's a quite a bit of art behind that as well, as you know. So uh, yeah. over the years, yeah. You refine your processes, make sure that they're working well, and, and we've done well over time. I, I, we've got a fantastic supply chain group here sure. who, mm-hmm. who who delivers delivers a lot of volume for this company. Yeah, it's a very successful uh, supply chain. So, are there any projects you're working on right now, or is there anything you're involved with that you kind of want to talk about, or or is there I allowed mean, to we talk? Also, about? Yeah, we also <laughs> don't want to get you in trouble. So, or is there a project that you're kind of really proud of, or you know, like a favorite over the years that you? You just kind of want to talk about, or or well, is it all kind of boring? I don't well, know. Well, it depends. I, boring. It's yeah, I'm right. Just asking, I don't know. Maybe it's like stuff that you know. Like well, I, I did get involved with the uh, with the Tailgate Village up in Lambeau Field. Oh, that's so geez, that was, now okay. Yeah. Let's okay. talk about that. Yeah, so that was that was a good project to be part of. I wow. tell you what, uh, you know, the Packers and and the ownership here at Johnsonville got together and said, "Hey, let's uh, let's put together this Tailgate Village." If you'd been up there in the past, they had a, a temporary tent that they'd put up every year for six months and take yep. it back down. And if you haven't seen this thing this year, it's fantastic. They made this thing bigger. It's a permanent structure. It's the Johnsonville Tailgate Village, and it's beautiful. And it's something that they're going to have open during game time. You can show up three or four hours before the game and spend time there getting some getting some food and beverages if you want. Um, and if you want to, if you don't have a ticket, you want to hang out inside there and during the game. You can certainly do that as well. But it's a it's a fantastic structure. So awesome. um, I, I got the chance to be part of this. Um, the the Packers did a fantastic job of doing the project management of, uh, of putting the whole building up. They involved us with, you know, where you're going to have the Johnsonville logos, which logos you're going to use, um, uh, other things that, you know, what kind of food do we plan on bringing through there, the food service company we're going to work with. Uh, but I tell you what, an exciting thing. We had the grand opening about a month ago. Sure. And got yeah. out there and, and got the chance to watch the watch uh, Ralph and Shelley Stare along with uh, Mark Murphy be able to cut the ribbon and mm-hmm. open this thing up and, what a fun day! I tell you awesome. what, when you yeah. see this, just a fantastic structure. It was it, that's a fun project. That's a, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm a huge Packer fan, so yeah, I just if you're out of place. The three Perfect. Great. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, we we brought you in here because we had heard and then met with you and was confirmed. That you have how many children? I have a boatload. A boatload. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scientific Brian, term. <laughs> we, <laughs> I've heard a lot less elegant measuring forms <laughs> in my time. But, Brian, we're just going to let you take take the lead on this. So you have a boatload of we children. Boatload. We're, we're, we've got 12 kids. Oh, wow. We've got 12 kids. Wow. So, um, and it's it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, it's interesting Actually, I was thinking about it as walking over here. Um, my wife is a she, she's a fantastic person. She's um, there's so much that I can't do without her, and she can't do without me. But she's just a fantastic person. And um, it was interesting. This this one gets my hackles up a little bit. She was in a grocery store down in Phoenix a few years ago, and was in line. She had about I don't know five six kids with her. Okay. I don't remember. They're right. pretty small. And, and and what we'll talk about here is that you know we've got a, uh, nine of our kids are adopted. And okay. so at the time, and we we're doing foster care, she had, she was in line, she's got five or six kids, they're all different colors, right? Um, and she's, and, and some guy stands up, or some guy behind her in line looks at her, and just in a smart-ass way just looks at her and says, so did you ever figure out what causes that? 
And I thought, boy, if I were standing in line, I'd be like, <laughs> we need Whoa. to talk. But it's interesting because, you know, what causes that? It's, it's um, I guess it's life's purpose. You know, we originally had our first three kids and uh, decided to get into foster care. We're down in Arizona. We, we fostered uh, 14 or 15 kids down there. And we adopted four of the kids that we uh, fostered down there and then came up here to Wisconsin and uh, got involved with, uh, with international adoption. When we got up here, we've adopted five kids internationally, uh, all five of them from Ukraine. And wow. so it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fantastic journey. I'll tell you what, we've, we've been through the gamut of, uh, of special needs with kids. Uh, you name a special need and we've, we've either touched on it or had a kid with it or know somebody with it. And, mm-hmm. it, um, and it's been a it's been a challenge over the years, but it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I think the good p- place to start would be from the beginning. So okay. why don't you talk about how you kind of got into the whole um, fostering and then a- adoption uh, down in Phoenix? You bet. Um, actually, it was with a church we were with down in Arizona. I had a family who came out from Southern California that we got to know. Uh, they were a family who had been fostering for. 25 years or so. I think they, at the time they had fostered well over 200 children. Oh, wow. They had adopted themselves 10 or 12 kids. Wow. And uh, they, well, that, that, that saints right there. Well, yeah. yeah. And if you met them, they were just, you would think somebody who's had that many kids around would just be frantic and, you know, just <laughs> nervous. Off and all the that. wall. They yeah. were, they were some of the calmest, nicest people you met. I think they just, you take any challenge that life throws at you and these guys have figured out how to deal with it. And they just started talking to us about the amount of kids out there in foster care that need, that, that, that need homes. And uh, we started looking into it and said, well, let's, you know, let's get, see if we can get qualified for uh, special needs adoption. And went in and got trained on it. And, boy, there was a lot of kids, a lot of kids in the system. And so we got trained as special needs uh, foster parents and got involved right away. Our very first child we got when we came out of training was a little boy who was eight weeks old and had 20 fractures in the ribs at eight weeks and um we ended up getting him and his sister for for a couple years and uh we're just at that point you see the need you see these little ones who just need help Mm -hmm. and 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 uh it it was fantastic to get involved wow that's how it started at that point then you adopted that one or no i think there was a question question. so we originally started with, with with this first one and um you know, people who don't know much about foster care, I think it's important to understand how foster care typically works, right? So foster care, when you're a foster parent, a child comes into foster care, it's, th- there's something going on in the family life that's not healthy, right? So uh, what the plan always is when a kid comes into foster care is it, the plan is always return to parent. So mm-hmm. they put the child into foster care with the intent of giving whatever help the family needs so they can get the child back with their natural parents, right? So that's, that's where you start. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as you go through foster care, they'll lay out plans for the for the birth parents to say, OK, here's what you need to do. You need to you know, maybe it's a you need you need to work on, you know, drug rehab or um, getting you know, going through AA or getting a job or having, you know, making sure your finances are where they need to be. There's there's different things they'll go through to talk to someone about. Here's what it's like to make sure you have a safe environment for your child. And then the kids go back and. Um, if they don't go back at some point, let's say a parent has the opportunity to do these things that's going to turn their life around and, and provide a great environment for the kids. If you don't do that, then the state will come back in and start looking at sever and adopt. And so at sever and adopt time, then all of a sudden you got a child who's not going to go back to their parents. And, and um, 
over time, there had been, well, where do these kids go? Right? We got some other families who come in and say, hey, I'd like to adopt a child. Um, you could adopt out of the foster care system. You can do that today. There's a lot of kids out there who need adoption. Um, we, the organization we were with in Phoenix was an organization called Aid to the Adoption of Special Kids. Um, and they, they were assisting a lot of families to get involved to adopt kids who were in the foster care system. Um, but they also put a law in, in Arizona back then that would make the foster family the first ones who could adopt those kids. So mm-hmm. we'd have kids come through the home. Um, sometimes you, you hold on, you have them for a year, year and a half, and the parents have figured out how to do life a, a better way, a safer way for their kids, and the kids go back. And uh, usually that's a really good story. So that's the story you, you want to see. Sure. Yeah. Um, we've got four kids with us now who are all teenagers who – at the time, uh, there wa- that wasn't the story, right? So you have kids who came into the system, and their parents uh, did not want to participate in any plans to turn, thing, uh, th- turn things around. Uh, they just kind of checked out of the process. They don't want to be part of the kids' lives, that type of thing. And then the, the court moves back to sever and adopt, and we as foster parents, and all the kids we had had, we had received into our home when they were infants. They were mm-hmm. really young. So to be able to – these kids only knew us as parents. So it was, you know, it was real natural to say, okay, let's go ahead and adopt them. Sure. It would have been probably more traumatic for them to go to another home or something it like that. Would. Yeah. You know, and especially if they know you, it's, it's a great situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always great when they can go back to their own parents, but yeah. um, to have a secondary option that's a great thing yeah. is also great. So how many children have you fostered then? Have you and your wife fostered? We, we had fostered. We went sat down to think about it before. I think it's somewhere around 14 or 15 kids okay. we fostered. And yeah. It was about a five-year period when we were down in Phoenix. So then, too, how, uh, usually how long, I know it, you said goes through the courts and things like that, but usually how long of a stint are you fostering per child? It, it did vary. We okay. had, um, we had a lot of the kids that came in the system. We would have for year, year and a half, or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have some. Uh, there, there. The organization we were with also arranged for uh, adoptions of children to pregnant mothers who intended to adopt out their children. Oh, so okay. We would also have. Uh, we had a couple children who came in <coughs> that they. We intend. We only. The plan was only to have the children for about six to eight weeks. Because mm-hmm. what they want to do is have the baby, have the child go into a foster home, and then complete all the paperwork and get that done before the baby goes to the long term, ado- long term adopted family. Oh, okay. Um. It, it was kind of funny because one of the the little girls that we had, we again we only had her for about six weeks or so. Um. Turned out that the family was somebody that we knew through our church. Oh. So it was one who you know. They're not supposed to have contact with the foster oh. family and stuff like that, but you know, somehow you found your way at uh, the local Safeway store at about the same time <laughs> on, sure, on a certain sure. day or whatever, and you know, kind of. And there wasn't anything other, you know, taking the baby away. It was just kind of looking over and that type mm-hmm. of thing. But it was kind of funny because when they finally came over to our house, and they have three kids of their own themselves, they brought along their daughter who was about four years old and okay. they came into the home and um, we were so excited. We had balloons, we had cake, the whole works is congratulations. <laughs> you got your baby and handed the baby over. And um, it, it was really neat. But was th- that little girl just kept looking at us and looking at us and trying to get her comfortable. She wasn't real comfortable with the whole thing. And we followed up with the family later and, and they said, it was just, it was funny. They, they left the house and she looked up at her parents. She goes, why are we taking those people's babies? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. She just could not understand 
what this foster care thing was, that, right? And and I think some sometimes oh, too, oh, you, you don't think, think of it like that. You don't. Oh, she just yeah. la- she walked up to what looked like a very normal house with other kids are there and normal people, and we're just it's taking a party, their, and we just we're ta- oh, taking party baby. Baby, she didn't understand what was going oh, on. That was the other thing too. I, I found you know once. You, I don't know. I, I guess growing up, I've heard the term foster parents and stuff sure. like that. And I, I think of something more, much more clinical or yeah. something different. You don't yeah. expect to walk up to just the normal house right down the block, and it's normal people you walk mm-hmm. into, and you find some people who got a couple extra kids hanging around, and <laughs> there's some story there. They're not yeah. going to tell you any of the details about the story, but uh, they're uh, doing a great thing. Yeah, I have to admit, too, when, when it comes to foster care, I – was very ignorant on it. I, I didn't know much at all. You know, as a matter of fact, kind of like you, like you said, I, w- I always thought foster care was more of the, um, you know, it's, it's more of a, a home with l- for, for kids, you know, more of a, a state um, run type yeah, building type like thing. Like a miniature orphanage. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. That, that's always yeah. been my thought. Mm-hmm. And I think you hear about it in, you know, movies and media portrays it in a negative way, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that that's why I'm really – excited to have you on here and talk about it because it does shed like you know the good light on yeah. on what really is going on with some of the stuff and the good work you guys are doing yeah, yeah. i mean you know how sensationalistic news is oh, right yes. a bad story happens somewhere yep. and all of a sudden it casts a shadow on all the other people who've done fantastic work around it mm-hmm. and that same type of thing with me i think when i think about foster care you hear about some story about you know some bad person who got into foster care or abused the kids or did yep. this or did yep. that or a and you just hate to hear those stories because there are, you know, just there's got to be tens of thousands of foster homes across the country who are taking care of kids and put their whole hearts into it. Exactly. They're, they're, and, and they're doing great, great work. But mm-hmm. you hear a hear a bad story and all of a sudden the foster yeah. parents, all of a sudden it's like, you're a foster parent? Yeah. Yeah. You, a little, yeah. you know, yeah. and so I I have tremendous respect for, for people who have opened their homes to these kids who really need the help. Yeah, I think that's due. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So way to go, <laughs> way to go. Thank you. That's um, what we're doing right here. Yeah. Right now, folks. <laughs> um, so then, should we go into the adoption then, or because how many children have you actually adopted? So then? we adopted four out of out of foster care. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we're down there, and, and we had uh, um, yeah, fantastic experience too. You know, going through the adoption process. Um, the, the the judges and the lawyers and stuff like that you get involved with the whole legal process but the judges will tell you this is this is the stuff they love to bring in they love to see these adoption cases come in you know you, you think about all the the crap they have to deal with day in yeah. day out yeah. the types, yeah. of, types of bad situations well, i can only imagine actually i, yeah. I don't yeah. know our, our, our last child who we adopted um before we came up here to johnsonville um he, he was still one of our foster kids mm-hmm. and it went to sever and adopt. And usually there's a process that takes a certain amount of time before you can adopt them. And, uh, I got the job opportunity up here at Johnsonville. Well, I can't take the child out of state as a foster child. You got, yeah. you, you can't move them out of state as a foster mm-hmm. child. So we talked to the lawyer who talked to a couple judges who, uh, and, and said, you know, is there something we can do to speed this up? And they actually went to, uh, this judge who was the supervising judge over all the judges in, in, in the county. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's not one who typically does a lot of, uh, cases, but he says, you know what? I love this stuff. I'll, t- I'll pick this up. So he cleared his calendar to be able to come in and That's let us wow, do the adoption for so him cool. and, so uh, awesome. expedited that adoption. And I, I think we got that done just a couple of weeks before we packed up and moved up here. Holy smokes. <laughs> wow. So I think it'd be kind of cool do you, to go kind of go through the four kids that you do have, mm-hmm. just kind of give folks kind of an idea of, of like w- what, what, 
I think when they hear you adopted some kids, I don't think they understand. You know what I mean? And I've had the pleasure of meeting some of them. And so I mm -hmm. think that would be um, give people more of a visual of what what, you know, kind of going along with your first story there with your wife in the grocery store. Oh, so, you bet. Um, you bet. Kind of give folks a little bit of understanding there. Yeah, we've got um, so the the first four kids we adopted, and, and actually where I should start is I should start with my, my original three kids. <laughs> no, nah, they're not know. that important. <laughs> That's not what we're here you know about. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I work with two of them. Yeah, <laughs> I was know. just gonna say they're they're here, right? Yeah, they, yeah I've got starting I have two, a my, clan. My, I think my two oldest, yeah, I've got okay. my two oldest work here, and then my my daughter's fiance works here as well. Um, so I, you know, I joke about it because we've got these. Um, got these nine, you know, kids we adopted and all cute kids. And then you got the, <laughs> then you got the three kids that unfortunately have to look something like me. But <laughs> Taylor's got significantly more hair than you do. He does. Uh, Might be grown off his chin, but uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got plenty there. So yeah, my oldest son is Taylor and Taylor is uh, 27 and he works over here at uh, Countryside, yeah. uh, works in uh, organizational development and learning as a learning coordinator for, for Countryside and is just excited about what he's doing and doing a great job. Yeah, we could tell. We can tell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and then I got Zachary, who's uh, now 23, 23, 24. He might have just turned 24. I'm trying to The fact that you can even get in the ballpark. <laughs> okay. okay. okay we'll, yeah. we'll give that to you. I went, I went through the pharmacy the other day, and, and I had to pick up a couple of prescriptions for my special needs kids. And the guy, for some reason, usually they just ask, what's your address to verify? This guy started asking me birthdays. I looked at the guy. I said, <laughs> oh, I got 12, no. I got 12 kids. <laughs> I don't know all their birthdays without actually pulling out my cell phone. Yeah, hold on. Sure. Let me call my wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have called my wife. I, I really have. I've been to the doctor's office, and they've asked for a birthday. I said, I got to call home. Yeah. I, I, I got to. I'm with you there 100%. I, I got to phone a friend on that one. So, oh, boy. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, so, Zachary. And Zachary works over as a case packer over here in Countryside. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and one of the high-volume lines over there and is doing well with that. Uh, my daughter Natalie, um, uh, she's 20 and just had my granddaughters uh, this last year. They're almost a year old. So, wow! Uh, twin twin girls. This is a uh, first Elena time first time grandpa then? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. First time oh, grandpa. Congratulations. So with twins, almost yeah. a year old. So adorable little girls. That's got to be a lot of fun. And then she's uh, she's engaged to Josh, and Josh is uh, works in sanitation over here in, in Countryside. So, like I said, we're up to. And then my, my oldest son, Taylor, his his wife, Courtney, works over yes. in the countryside as well right. as a high-speed uh, machine operator. So we've got five of us here right now <laughs> working at Johnsonville. Those so Johnsonville's Harlins. doing us well. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Johnsonville's doing us well. So, oh. so those, are, those are my older kids. And then uh, the, the ones we adopted out of Arizona, uh, the oldest one is Janine. Uh, and Janine is 17. Um, Janine is... Uh, wonderful uh, biracial young young girl who's uh, a very hardworking uh, hardworking girl. There's a, a restaurant here in town, Culver's, who she's uh, and actually I've had multiple kids who worked over at Culver's, mm -hmm. and uh, she's Taylor um, does tell me his his yeah, stories of Culver's. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He's, he's, he's done. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he worked at Culver's for a while as well. He was the first one who uh, got started. But I've <laughs> actually had uh, three of my children who, at the age of 14, where you can start working in, in the state of 14, uh, got a job at Culver's. Um, early on, and sure. it's taught him great responsibility. Janine's a manager in training over oh, there, good. and good uh, for her. and and uh, if you go through the drive-through there, you, I'm sure she's probably taking your order at some point there. So okay, uh, my second oldest uh, uh, from that group is Pierre. Uh, Pierre just turned 17. Um, Pierre is a uh, we, we we joke about it sometimes. He's 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 a very good-looking young guy, but we don't know if it's a uh, um, whether it's 
Hawaiian, Polynesian, Hispanic mix. We should probably get one of those tests done to see yeah. what it is. Yeah. He's good. Good looking guy. Dark eyes, dark hair, that type of thing. <laughs> um, he's he, he's he's a great kid. Um, he's he is one with uh, high functioning autism. Okay. And so and actually, the, the kids we've had have all, um, you know, had their birth parents had gone through uh, did did uh, drugs during pregnancy. So there's certain things we've had to deal with between autism and ADD and some other things like that that have been uh, been tough to deal with. Sure. Um, okay. So, but uh, and and he's uh, you know he. He struggles at times with some of the autistic side of it and trying to relate with kids his own age and just wants to be your friend. Sure. He Mm -hmm. works so hard at that and uh, has found this summer that he has a knack for working out and gaining muscle at the age of 17. So here we go. There you go. He is uh, (laughs) working out hard this summer. He just, (laughs) sometimes you actually see him on the street corner dropping and doing push ups. It's a good, so, so good to see though. Very very gains. There you go. Them gains. Very active child. Uh, My daughter, uh, Maddie, who's 14, African-American, beautiful young lady, loves fashion. Does, okay. just, just loves the whole idea of fashion. I tell you what, and when you start getting into the African American hair and jewelry and, and and cosmetics and all that type of stuff, it's stuff that uh, um, I'm obviously not good <laughs> with. <laughs> but she's she's got a knack for it. She's That's got a knack, awesome. and she's got an interest, and you certainly mm-hmm. see it there. Great. Awesome. And then my uh, youngest of my adopted kids out of Arizona is Max. Okay. Uh, and Max is. Uh, Max is Max is the athlete. Max is a uh, uh, he's thirteen, uh, size twelve foot. Uh, he looks me straight in the eyes, so he's he's getting close to about five ten, five eleven, and he is the fastest kid I've ever seen. So he, wow. uh, I, I, in junior high, I would love to. Doesn't matter who it is. You want to race? And he'd race them. Oh, and man. got on the track team this this spring for the first time ever. Oh, and and uh, went out to, to, to run. Very first time he ran the 200-meter uh, dash. Actually broke the uh, middle school record, all-time wow. record for oh, the 200-meter dash. As a seventh grader, the first, first time he ever tried it. <laughs> yeah. so That's great. He's, uh, I, so he, very, a lot of interest in, in some of the athletic stuff. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I'm just thinking about that that age group you've got right yeah. there. It's, it's a volatile age group yeah. in general. You Thir- know, it, yeah, well, 13 to 17. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know what I was doing at that age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just a, yeah. a lot of drama. I, I would think, oh, boy. Yeah. Shake my head. Half the days and, yeah. Bless you, sir. Bless Thank you. you. Thank you. We're surviving. Now, your wife is home with them then every she day, is. right? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So at least you yeah. have an escape called eight hours of work, right? <laughs> yeah. Her eight she hours of work is that, 24 yeah, exactly. hours. Exactly. Yeah. I get to escape for eight hours, and she's got to. She, yeah. she, she, my she wife says the same thing to exactly. me. Exactly. Uh-huh. She's got to keep an eye on the inmates. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> it's funny uh, to hear a fellow parent to say things that I'm just like, yeah, I have the same thoughts. And just, you know, uh, yeah, if you don't you verbalize know the them sometimes. Screwiness that comes out of the teenagers all yeah, the I'm not time. There they're yet. just trying to, yeah, they're they're trying to figure it out. But Good man, night, it, it is it, it's the bull in the china shop. They'll day in there. and day out. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, with Brian Harlan here. This was part one, uh, and his story's so awesome that we had to make it two parts. So um, please keep your eyes peeled for part two, which will most likely be 
right behind this.